listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast, a podcast all about your health and wellness issues that affect you every day. We want to educate, entertain, and maybe make you giggle a little along the way. No annoying statistics or jargon here, just information you can use every day to be healthier, happier, and less boring. All right, here's your host, OBGYN Dr. Ron Eaker. Hey everybody, Dr. Ron Eaker here, and welcome to another edition of the Women's Online Wellness Podcast. Because it's approaching July 4th, I felt it was appropriate for me to go on a little bit of rant about government gone wild. This is my chance to talk a little bit about where I feel government is getting a little obtrusive, a little obstructive, a little in the way when it comes to delivering health care. Now, this is not going to be about Obamacare and not going to be about all the problems it associates with that. This is going to be very specific to something that interests most of you, and that's the pap smear. A few years back, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, and we'll get into what that is in just a moment, made some very egregious recommendations about pap smears. And I just felt like that can't go unchallenged. In essence, this supposed advisory body stated that women over 30 could go five years without a pap smear if they've had a negative pap smear or a negative HPV test in the previous five years. Now, let me say at the outset, so there's no confusion that this recommendation has about as much validity as an Elvis sighting in Afghanistan. I'm serious. Let me explain. Any recommendation, whether it's to brush your teeth every day or not to pull on the cape of the old Lone Ranger, it's only as reliable as the organization issuing it. You can't separate the message from the messenger in this respect. So, this Preventative Services Task Force cabal is basically 16 primary care doctors, nurses, and epidemiologists and statisticians statisticians that were originally established in 1984 to quote develop recommendations for primary care clinicians on the appropriate content of periodic health examinations unquote since then this government appointed advisory council has really morphed into a ridiculously powerful de facto regulatory commission that issues these edicts that make presidential propagation, let me try that again. You can tell I don't edit this a whole lot. Presidential proclamations look like casual suggestions. In other words, these 16 ivory tower academicians, these number crunching bureaucrats set policy that's adopted by Medicare, Medicaid, and essentially many private insurers. They've been granted this new and undefined power with the passage of Obamacare, and they now have this almost czar-like status when it comes to what the government deems appropriate for your health. This group is never far from controversy as they have the same bunch that recommended a reduced frequency for mammograms and scoffed at PSA screenings for prostate cancer. Listen, from breast to behinds, it seems like these guys have their finger in everything, if you know what I mean. Let's just say it's a bit scary for 16 strangers to determine what is the best interest for your health, or about anything for that matter. 
Now, as not to be accused of beating a straw man or tossing out ad hominem attacks, what are these actual recommendations as they deal with pap smears? The PSTF says that any woman over 30 who's had a normal pap smear and a negative test for HPV, human papillomavirus, can elect to not have additional testing for five years. This is based solely on population studies that in their own words include a, quote, cost-benefit analysis, unquote. In bureaucratic speak, that means can the government save money if we do it this way? Lost in this analysis of the, the law of unintended consequences, one of the main reasons a woman has a yearly exam is to undergo a pap smear. In the minds of many women, no pap smear means no exam. And this is not only wrong thinking, but it is dangerous. During an annual well woman exam, there's a number of assessments and screenings that are done that have nothing to do with a pap smear. The American Cancer Society has long championed a yearly breast exam as an early detection tool for breast cancer. Millions upon millions of lives have been saved by the early detection of a variety of illnesses from breast cancer to heart disease. And most of these are found or prevented by yearly checkups. Studies show that many of the illnesses that would normally have gone undetected or progressed to a really dangerous stage if not done for regular exams, but this would dramatically decrease if you follow the wisdom of these health czars. Yearly exams for both men and women can save lives, and the government just can't debate that. Now, it's critical to make the distinction between cancer detection and prevention. Mammograms don't do anything to prevent cancer. They can detect it if it's already occurred, and yes, this dramatically improves the survival rate, but mammograms have never prevented a single breast cancer. Now, as a side, they don't cause cancers either. That's a little bit of craziness that some of the alternative healthcare people are promoting, but there's never been a single study that has linked mammograms to actually causing cancer, but that's for another topic. On the contrary, pap smears do prevent cervical cancer, and this is an important distinction. They just don't detect it early, but they actually can prevent it. This is a cancer that kills still 4,000 women every year. The pap is one of the few screening tests that can detect a pre-cancer, very important pre-cancer, where the treatment is relatively minor, literally something that can be done in the office and can prevent an abnormal cell from ever becoming a cancer. A PAP is true prevention, and that has to be lauded as one of the greatest public health successes of the past hundred years. Is it really worth rationing and limiting this preventive tool to help meet government budgets? The one kudo I can give this committee is recognizing the importance of HPV in the screening for cervical cancer. Substantial numbers of cervical cancers are caused by HPV, yet I really have an issue with the recommendations even regarding this. If a woman is sexually active, especially if she has multiple sexual partners, she can contract HPV at any point. It's literally epidemic in people under 50. So waiting five years between testing is giving this virus way too much time to wreak its havoc on cervical cells. So what's the take-home message here? Simply don't fall prey to the government rationers 
and discuss your individual situation with your doctor. Together you can decide what is the best for you and your individual health care. Well, that's all for today in celebration of July 4th and the wonderful freedoms that we have in this country. Thanks to all the veterans and all the individuals who sacrifice every day to give us the freedoms to choose to make decisions about our own health care based on what's best for us and our families and not what a government bureaucrat says. Until next time, make healthy choices. Thank you for listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast. To join the conversation, access show notes, and discover bonus content, join our private Facebook community by sending a request to Women's Online Wellness. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or to get more information, email Dr. Eaker at r-e-a-k-e-r at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, choose to be healthy. Thank you.